E-commerce expansion myths blasted. Successful cross-border expansion help. Listen to the show to hear how one UK company is helping e-commerce sellers successfully expand into Europe and double their profits. Hosted by Andy Hooper of Global E-commerce experts. So welcome to the next edition of our Brexit podcast. Uh, you'll all have heard, or hopefully have heard, our previous podcast on Brexit, the basics, and what's possible in the pipeline. Well, we're excited to bring you another instalment of that, where we've got Hamish back on with us. So welcome, Hamish. Hi, Andy. So uh, welcome back. So we're, uh, we're actually videoing it on a conference this time rather than in person in London. So we're, uh, we're videoing this live. And then what we're going to do is we're going to go through, like we did last time on the last po- podcast, just talk through the basics and, uh, and, and see where we're up to with Brexit. So before we do that, though, Hamish, why don't you just um, introduce yourself and, and OFX? So, so once again, um, and for anyone who missed last time, uh, my name is Hamish Murray. I'm all the senior currency strategists at OFX, uh, and we are a publicly listed foreign exchange company. So we help uh, sellers, businesses, consumers on their foreign currency uh, requirements and their foreign currency plans. And it's pretty important, uh, particularly in the face of Brexit at the moment. Yeah, yeah, it's vital, absolutely crucial, especially for those that are, that are going cross-border. So it's really, really crucial. So let's start with the basics. Yeah. Just to cover this in real in a real in a real one minute slot, you know what is Brexit and how we ended up here. Just for those that might not have listened to the first one. Oh uh, well, Brexit is the, the process. It seems to be have been rumbling on for uh, God knows how long. Well, about two years now. So, UK votes to leave the EU, and uh, that was uh, June or July 2016. Um, and it's now getting to that crunch point. The UK, as things stand, is set to leave the EU come at the end of March, March the 29th, which is really not very far away. But the, the big problem is, and which has been a big problem for businesses, is that no one really knows, despite all these very clever people in Parliament and Brussels, no one really knows uh, what sort of Brexit uh, we're going to have, um, what the future relationship between the, the UK and the EU is going to look like and where we are, come, where we're going to be come the start of April. Yeah, perfect. So now, now, really, where were we last time we spoke in terms of Brexit? You know, what had sort of happened and hadn't happened? Well, Theresa May had this uh, withdrawal agreement, uh, this agreement with uh, Brussels, um, with a key, number of key figures in Brussels. So, Michelle Barnier, Jean-Claude Juncker. She had this plan set out, uh, to a very nice uh, and arguably very attractive two-year transition period where, whereby the UK would leave, um, uh, in theory, at uh, the end of March, but then have a two-year period uh, to, to implement things um, over, uh, over uh, up until the end of uh, 2020. Um, however, this deal uh, was vastly and... Uh, very, very convincingly rejected by uh, by Theresa May's parliament by, I think it was 230 votes. And the key thing was uh, the inclusion of this backstop agreement whereby uh, Northern Ireland um, could be, uh, could remain in essence uh, within a customs union and within uh, the European Union, something that a, a number of Tory backbenchers uh, don't like at all. And so Theresa May lost that uh that vote on her withdrawal agreement, that meaningful vote, 
uh, and she's been trying ever since to to tinker things. Yeah. <laughs> if I'm honest, Andy, uh, over the last couple of weeks, not a lot has changed. Uh, we're, we're still sat here, uh, less than about, was about 20 days left, and there's not a lot of progress in terms of that uh, withdrawal agreement and uh, any updates out of Europe. It was really quite stark. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, we were six weeks since the last podcast. We're 22 days yeah. away, and we're no closer to getting a deal. Exactly. Uh, the, the, there is uh, a consensus uh, amongst um, investors that the chances of a, of a no-deal Brexit uh, have dropped off, uh, which I, I think is quite good and quite important for, for sellers and businesses. So, you know, that's, that's one good update at least. Yeah. So, so with that in mind, then, what's the, the, the next steps? What are we waiting for next for either Theresa May, the government or the EU? So Theresa May is hoping to get uh, some concessions from, from the EU. She's pretty much started from a blank slate almost. Uh, and then by the weekend or Sunday night latest, um, she sent her Attorney General um, uh, Cox, I can't remember his first name, sorry, um, uh, across, to, across to Brussels uh, to try and get some uh, amendments out of uh, the EU. And then they're going to present a basically withdrawal agreement, Mark Three, uh, to uh, Parliament next week. And then March the twelfth, which is next Tuesday, I believe, there'll be a big vote um, on the on the agreement uh, once again. The meaningful vote. What happens remains to be seen, though. Okay, so what what is that vote actually on next Tuesday? So it's it's a vote on whether to approve um, uh, Theresa May's to move Theresa May's deal. But what what you have to bear in mind is that the first time around she lost by two hundred and thirty votes, which is which was pretty outstanding. Really, it was the largest defeat in, in decades. Uh, so what Theresa May has to do is that she has to basically swing one hundred and fifteen MPs back her way. It's it's not. It's very, very difficult. It's not impossible. Uh, she could bring across a, a couple of uh, Labour MPs with this um, big Brexit fund, you know, classic pork barrel politics. Uh, she could bring over the, the ERG, uh, which is a, you know, about 10 MPs. She could bring the DUP. And so things do begin to stack up, but she has to get to, she has to swing 115 votes to have any chance of that passing, which might be a step too far. Okay, so if that is a step too far, then what 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 yeah. happens after that? So that's Tuesday. Uh, the deal is rejected. Let's say on Tuesday she loses uh, her vote on the withdrawal agreement. So another big defeat or another defeat for Theresa May. Roll into the thirteenth of March. There's then a vote on whether to uh, to avoid a no deal Brexit. In all likelihood, uh, this is going to get rejected. So. Um, or, or we're going to avoid this this no deal scenario. We, we're then in sort of a, a catch twenty two, whereby uh, Parliament doesn't support uh, Theresa May's deal, uh, but they also don't support uh, a no deal Brexit. So okay, so next step is then March the fourteenth. We're cascading down here, aren't we? From yeah, it's, it's, and this this is how um, this is why some people are worried that we could actually stumble out of the EU uh, by accident uh, in a no deal. So because because we run out of time. So uh, next Thursday now, um, March the fourteenth, we could have uh, another vote, a third vote in three days, um, whereby 
they vote on whether to have an extension or not. That extension could be two months, it could be two years. And this, this is where uh, a number of the the European research group, so people like Jacob Rees-Mogg have been very, very influential in how Brexit's panned out recently. Uh, they, they're faced with a decision whether they accept Theresa May's original deal on the, that was, they voted on the 12th, yep. or they risk uh, an extension uh, which could last two years or two months, and a lot can happen in that time. So. It's at that point that we could go back to that uh, with Theresa May's original withdrawal um, agreement. And let's say that they say, yes, we want to go and get an extension to the deal. Could the EU say, no, it's the 29th of March you're going? Or could they say, yes, we'll honour an extension? Uh, in all likelihood, uh, we think that um, they, they'll honour that extension because... A no deal's just as bad as it, as it is for the UK as for as for Europe. At the end of the day, there's there'll be as many ferries or, or as Dover uh, as Calais as well. So um, they'll try and avoid that no deal Brexit scenario. So they'll look for an extension. But it then gets very very political because some people uh, some people want that extension to last two years. I know Emmanuel Macron's come out and said. We're not going to give you an extension if we don't know what uh, what your aim is for this. We need to see some outcome at the end of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so we we know further on the last time, but we have got some dates in the diary that we need to pay particular attention to, which is twelfth, thirteenth, and fourteenth of March. Certainly, yeah. Okay. So now we've got some time frames. How's that going to affect pounds, sterling? How how is that going to affect you know people that are reliant on the currency here? Yeah, it's a, it's a very, very good question. So uh, what we've seen over the last couple of days and last week almost is that uh, the pound's been almost paralysed by uh, all of certainty. It is just above uh, 130 against the US dollar, which is quite a significant level um, for many. And, and that's because uh, when it rises above that level, the, the general consensus is that we're going to avoid that no-deal Brexit scenario. So we're in a good position that way but um if we see uh, a short extension uh, let's say two months then we 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 could see the pound rally uh if that extension is looking like it could be longer though uh, six months nine months maybe two years uh, the the upside potential for the pound could be could be quite a bit greater however all of that upsides potential is completely outweighed by the you know what could happen if we do end up crashing out and if we do end up crashing out on the 29th of march leaving the eu overnight then it's it'll be bad news for the pound yeah i mean any i mean what's the what's the sort of thoughts on that what's you know firstly how likely is it uh, and secondly you know what could we expect based on perhaps what you what you've been hearing uh, so it's it's not too likely, so around about a 15% chance that a number of the banks are forecasting a 15% chance of a no-deal Brexit scenario. But if it does happen, because those chances are quite small, uh, the, the downside risk for the pound uh, could be quite big. So pound US dollar could drop below 120, and, and pound euros could definitely uh, make a move back to 105. So 
uh, perhaps it might not be a good time to be booking summer holidays uh, and buying you buying your travel money when when, they, when it's almost parity between the pound and the euro. Yeah, quite right, quite right. So now, how's that going to affect? So if you're an e-commerce seller, how how's that based in the states? How's that going to affect you? You think? Well, uh, it's. First and foremost, this uncertainty is is not good for anyone. It doesn't matter whether you're uh, whether you're um, a seller in the UK, whether you're a seller in the Far East, or seller in in the US. Um, if the if your US business, if your US seller though, uh, looking to sell some of your products in the UK, um, arguably you can get them. Uh, you can your exports are going to be going to be cheaper. It comes back to you know what Donald Trump says uh, about you know a, a weak US dollar, or uh, in this case, um, a, a weak pound. If the strength of your currency does does affect the the attractiveness of your products abroad, so um, we we saw after uh, after the Brexit vote and the pound did drop in in value quite significantly, that uh, immediately US uh, or sorry UK exporters. So people, UK people selling their businesses to, to Europe um, suddenly found that their, their products were much more competitive. Um, and we could see, could see a similar thing for some of your clients and some, some US sellers as well. Yeah, so, so it could be good news in some ways and that could be outweighed by the negative, we just don't know. So, yeah, I mean, so in a sort of a summary then, I mean, we're, we're sort of key things, there's some dates, you think? Yep. So, obviously, the, the, the big one, the big one would be the March twenty ninth date, which is the Brexit date. Uh, but then, more immediately, uh, the twelfth, thirteenth, fourteenth of March, very, very big dates as well. Um, watch out for how the currency markets react. Uh, foreign current and the currency market is the most liquid market in the world. So, and it's the best barometer of Brexit sentiment. So if the pound is is performing very very badly, it, there's not a lot of confidence in 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 Parliament and in Brussels. Yeah. Okay. All right. Perfect. Well, I think that that probably answers a huge amount of the questions that we 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 probably need to answer for now. I think we're going to have some more questions, perhaps come the 14th of March or the 29th of March, which we'll we'll look to to you know to do another podcast when we've. Perhaps yeah. a bit more clearer, clearer pathway. But if Hamish people want to get hold of you and, and ask you some specific questions, how can they do that? Uh, yeah, definitely get in touch. Um, look at the website, follow us on Twitter, uh, or you know, email us at corporate london at ofx.com. Um, ofx.com is our, our, our URL as well. So get in touch. I'm happy to answer any questions regarding foreign currency and how businesses could be affected. It, it could be affected over the next couple of weeks. Uh, like I said, it's very, very uncertain at the moment. Uh, a lot of volatility, so um, it's big questions still to be answered. Yeah, quite right. Well, I want to just reach out and say thank you very much for all your time and and your thoughts on this Brexit matter. Um, uh, I'm sure we're going to speak again because it's uh, yeah, it's going to rumble on for a while. I think definitely, Andy. Thank you very much. No worries. Thank you very much for your time. We really appreciate it.